Hello and welcome to In The Mix, the podcast all about the Great British Bake Off. Now we're back for a new season, all about the celebrity episodes for Stand Up To Cancer. And today I'm excited to be joined by JP. Yay! Yay! Hello. Hello. This is the first episode back. We didn't get to talk in the last series of Bake Off, so I'm happy that we're getting to chat now. I know, we missed out in the last series. So uh, when you were like, yeah, can you, can you come on the show? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Can you be the first one, the first episode, even though you've had a stressful week with normality <laughs> returning, please come on and do this episode with me. Yeah, this is the light relief. Bake Off is that escapism, isn't it? Which we all love and in the mix is even more so. So, yeah. Exactly. We're, we're definitely not serious on this podcast. <laughs> no, 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 no. Absolutely not. And this episode isn't going to be anything different. So just in case people thought we got serious during COVID-19, absolutely not. Never. It's not happened. No. So this is the first of the celebrity episodes and I keep saying this, but I feel like I love the celebrity episodes a little bit more each time because everything seems to go out the window. All of the conventions, all of the things that we know about the main episodes and how it happens just, just completely goes out the window. We've got more innuendos. We've got the celebrities just chucking flour and ingredients everywhere, mucking up. And then Paul and Prue become a little bit more naughty. Did you notice that? They do. They become a little bit cheeky. There's the cheeky side. They don't have to be the strict, like, you know, mum and dad or teacher. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're a little bit more uh, they're a bit more fun, I suppose, which is quite fun for us. They do. I feel like we heard Paul Hollywood say, hi, babes, yesterday, which I thought was great. And I hope he brings that into every episode. Um, and Prue Leith made a joke about what everyone's dream is wanting a footballer in their bed, apparently. That's yeah, something she like, decided to say. Prue, what are you doing? Um, yeah, she's, she's a deviant, is Prue, you can tell. She is. I don't know if you've been watching um, the show Sandy Toxvig is doing on Channel 4 at the same time Bake Off is on as well. It's like called Extraordinary Escapes. And she goes out with some of her friends to like really nice places around the UK and checks out some of like the best holiday homes and locations. And she had one with Prue Leith and Prue was absolutely <laughs> filthy during it. You can tell she's like the nan that people have who are just pure filth. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, she just gets away with it as well, which is amazing. But that's that's why Prue is so good. She is good. And that's why Celebrity Bake Off, I, I forget it every time because when we watch the normal <laughs> Bake Off, it's funny to take the mick out of people who think they can bake and then they come onto a national TV show and it all goes tits up. But oh, yeah. when it's Celebrity Bake Off, I, I, I just love it because no one can bake at all. They're doing it for no. a good cause, but no one can do anything. <laughs> no, and literally after the first bake today, I was sitting on the sofa going, why are they here? I was like, oh my God. Well, three of the four, to be fair, one of them was quite good. But some of them, yeah, there was one particular this week who was appalling. I know. So let's introduce the people uh, who are listening to In The Mix to the bakers this week. I hope you've watched the episode anyway. But just to recap, we had Daisy Ridley, uh, the actor who is best known for being in Star Wars. Tom Allen, who is the comedian of the moment. He's literally on every show, I think, that I put on TV. You turn the TV on, Tom <laughs> Allen there. is there. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, we had Rob Beckett, who has been having quite a lot of success in lockdown with his lockdown parenting podcast. Uh, and lastly, we had Alexandra Burke, who I haven't seen on TV for a while so it was quite nice to have her back on true yeah very true actually i haven't seen her for ages she sort of disappeared so i kind of was secretly rooting for tom allen because even though he's been on tv everywhere i think he's hilarious uh, and he's also from Sorry. kent like me so i oh, thought okay. tom allen you know I'm, I'm here for you tom and he's it and with tom he presents bake-off professionals so you well, thought this is the thing i was gonna pick something up 
<laughs> this is the thing is the conventions go out the window because you sit there and of course we had was it sandy who baked once from one of the contestants i think it was big nasty wasn't it yes, had to it, go was. yes it was he mm. hasn't picked up anything off the professional <laughs> bakers it turns out um no. Did you did you think at the beginning that there was someone that was going to be your favourite or someone that you thought might be good at, at baking out of the uh, four? Not really. I mean, I, I like Rob Beckett. I think he's hilarious. I've been a big fan of him for years. So I was really hoping that Rob would do well. Alexandra Burke, I thought, yeah, you know, potential. But none of the four of them really hit me as fantastic. I thought Daisy Ridley might have a shot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> How wrong you were. <laughs> so wrong. Um, but yeah, Tom Allen, I, I mean, as you say, considering he was on the professional series and presents the professional series, you'd think he would pick something up. Um, but if, nonetheless, he's funny. So I think we should crack on with the signature challenge this week because it's millionaire shortbread. And I don't I don't know why. Maybe it was because last time we spoke, you were telling me you had loads of Rocky Road tiffin tiffin is a word i associate with you now because i haven't heard it anywhere else since i associated millionaire shortbread with you for some reason <laughs> i love millionaire shortbread it's like the best in fact we used to have this is probably not appropriate to say but i'm keeping it in place to say it uh, <laughs> i've had the warning now we used to have um, when i was at college back in portsmouth we used to have millionaire shortbread in our in our canteen and literally it was like the thickest like slab of it. It was known as diabetes cake in our college, <laughs> just because there was so much chocolate and caramel sugar going into it. So yeah, millionaire shortbread is amazing. And uh, literally, as soon as they said that, I was like, this is going to be so good. But not to spoil surprises, I suppose we'll talk about it in a minute. But the fact that we then found out that one of them was vegan. Uh, let's have a look at some of the baker's millionaire shortbread combinations. Um, Let's start off with Tom Allen first, because we've talked about him a lot. Um, he did something a little bit new that I wouldn't have really thought of. He decided to use food colouring in things that really didn't need food colouring. So his millionaire shortbread was a ginger uh, orange liqueur. Um, it was meant to be like a Scottish Highlands theme. And he used blue food colouring in white chocolate. And he also used green food colouring in caramel, which I feel like is a crime against baking. It just felt wrong. And it looked so bad as well, because when he put them out at the end, he sort of had six of them that, that had the food colouring and then six that didn't. It's like, here's what you could have had, but I've coloured them instead. Um, yeah, it was a very interesting thing. Although with Tom, the, the big thing I noticed, did you notice the size of his whisk? <laughs> yeah I did he pulled this sort of I couldn't tell if he was enjoying whisking or if it was sort of too strenuous for him I couldn't work out yeah it was it was a massive whisk huge small bowl massive whisk I was like I'm not quite sure that's going to work um yeah it was the size of the whisk that, that caught my eye on that one there's an <laughs> in itself exactly <laughs> um well tom claimed when he was making his caramel that there was some sort of sabotage going on with prue leith because the judges have to come round with matt lucas and discuss about what bake they are making to the camera but at this time the usual bakers the amateur bakers they're probably thinking about timings and stuff still mm. but because the celebrities have no idea what they're doing i think tom <laughs> just left his caramel sat on the hob heating and burning while he was explaining it's a Scottish Highland theme orange liqueur millionaire shortbread uh, and then he, he yeah with a big whisk and then he blamed <laughs> Prue uh, for burning his caramel I think it had big burnt bits in and he left that in he didn't even like attempt to sieve it no no he just went you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna chuck it in I'm gonna turn it green 
and you can eat it. But you'd think he'd know this because he presents the show. He knows they've got to come over and do this. But I'm like, come on, Tom. I know. Um, do, yeah. do you think that this proves that when the celebrities, the celebrity, this proves when the hosts sort of have done their bit, they go away and they just they go to Subway or something, or they pop <laughs> down Weatherspoons, or they have a game of Monopoly. They're not there throughout the whole thing. So maybe Tom hasn't picked up any skills or he thought about it at all really completely can you imagine the five hour challenges and you've just got crew paul and the host at the back having a game of monopoly or game of life or something you know, <laughs> game of life. i love like, that spin the wheel come on yeah boggle that would that would interfere, interfere with the audio a bit you'd have sound engineers being like right hang on a minute it's crew's turn to shake <laughs> hang on it's just about <laughs> oh my god what i would have fallen off my chair if you'd bought out boggle board then and just started <sighs> oh it would have been boggle. next time we'll have to prep next with time. props for next time <laughs> oh man um so alex she did an interesting flavor co- flavor combination mm. as well one that i'm not really keen on it was rum and raisin and she wanted to do a jamaican themed millionaire shortbread which sounded cool but i feel like raisins just should be extinct if climate yeah. change could focus solely on the raisins, <laughs> I'd be happy. Poor raisins. It's not, what do they ever do to you? They're not an integral part of the food chain, are they? You don't have Attenborough really talking about raisins. I think that they need. They just need to go. Do people just, really like them? I sort of like them, but I would like them more if Attenborough commentated on them, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. we see. That'd be great. It'd be amazing. It'd yeah. be amazing. If he, if he just went and did PR for raisins, that'd be weird, <laughs> wouldn't it? Um but yeah, I, I just, I don't like raisins. I feel like they're better, stay as grapes. You, you know, you're great like that. Um, just, they're bad. And rum as well. The only rum I can mm. think of is Malibu, which I started drinking in like first year of university. So it brings back some terrible memories a when you PTSD bite into this. A little mm. bit, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Sticky club floors at the oh. uh, at the university. So, <laughs> weird. Way back. I know, this is what lockdown does. It makes you... Go introspective, have weird tangents and thoughts, and you never know where it's going to come from. And Alexandra Burke's rum and raisin shortbread took me way back there, <laughs> unintentionally. Um, well done, Alexandra. I know, I know. Um, she decided to pour a lot of rum in. She said she wanted to get mm. everyone drunk just so they would like her bakes and maybe rank her higher, closer to Star Baker. Um, I don't know if that really worked. Um, no. didn't manage to do one of the fundamental things with baking, which is set the chocolate. Um, <laughs> it just looked a mess, didn't it? You sort of present them at the end, and it just looked like someone had chucked them at the plate, to be fair. Yeah. Um, and I thought, you know, the, the Jamaican theme as well, she could have done more. There was something, it was like a little flag or, or something on, on the board, but they just looked like, well, they didn't even look like millionaire shortbread. No. no. They did look like that, they didn't. It was just like a splodge of chocolate on a something yeah it wasn't great no well it was just it's just funny though they always seem to even the amateur bakers in the tent they seem to have trouble with the fridges and Mm. cooling things and timings i mean i I don't know if this was filmed in the middle of the summer like it was in the usual bake-off series so it's hot but she obviously didn't work out the timings very well because she'd obviously put them in there for a few minutes thought that they'll be set they'll be done and then took took them out tried to cut into them and was like oh god it hasn't it hasn't set it's just (laughs) melted chocolate on the top so you could see kind of the raisins peeking through it sort of looked a bit like you know the millionaire shortbread had acne going on or something <laughs> it 
It was not appetising. And Paul Hollywood did say that they weren't even millionaire shortbreads. She tried to go, no. not a traditional one. No, no, they're just not millionaire shortbreads at all. There's, there's just not one at all. But isn't it the great moment when you, we love this as a viewer, when they put their knife into it to cut and it just all of a sudden doesn't work? And let's be honest here, we're all sitting there at that time going, yes, it's failed. Because you want the drama and the entertainment. And there was that moment where I was just like, oh, oh, oh here we go. Can you imagine being one of the uh, camera people on that show and they're coming up to do the really like beautifully shot close up yes. of their bake, you know, like with yeah, a nice like, music coming along. Oh, look at that. <laughs> panning, panning, panning. And you get to Alexandra Burke's Millionaire Shortbread and it's just like a pile of melted. Oh, I don't even know. It's just awful. So they've got to make it look beautiful, but actually it's just a mess. And I think she called it a sloppy mess, which it did. It, it did look like that. It, it, so it was, there was no shape there whatsoever. It was sloppy. I've written down in my notes, uh, thick shortbread, not set <laughs> caramel, sloppy mess. So. Sloppy mess. I've got flavour flavor okay. But not That's good. Okay. Flavour so yeah, satisfactory. <laughs> Tasted like a millionaire shortbread. Prime full of rum and a few raisins on top, you know. Daisy is the vegan in the tent. And she is. She is is the reason for vegan challenges this week. Um, She decided to do another interesting flavour combination, one I'm more on board with than rum and raisin and green caramel. Uh, A vegan banoffee (laughs) shortbread with with chocolate and peanuts. That sounded good. Yeah, I like the idea of that. I've never thought, considering you have like the big caramel layer in a shortbread, I've never thought about putting banana in there for banoffee. That was genius. Yeah, I like the idea. Yeah, I thought that was good. I wonder how she made, I'm trying to think about how she made the caramel without the cream. I don't know. Magic. <laughs> Vegan cream or just magic? I'm exactly. Not sure. I don't know. No. Co- coconut? Probably some sort of coconut. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Um, but the bit with uh, daisies that I loved, because I, I don't know what she was thinking, whether she thought the caramel was going to be thicker than it was, but she'd had this tin that was like nicely lined with greaseproof paper, but she'd used half of it for the shortbread, and then she poured the caramel on top, but it just like fell into the other side of the tray. But but she didn't like scoop it up. She didn't make a barrier. She just left it there. It was so good. I was just like, you, did you, science? Yeah, she just, she just watched it as well. You just sort of standing there watching her, watching it going, yeah, it's just sort of drooping off the side now. It was just sitting there going, oh, come on. It was mad. I was like, just scoop it back over and put it on top. But um, yeah, no, she just sort of left it and then, and then put chocolate on top. And I was just like, oh, God, Which did doing? the exact same thing. And yeah. then... She, you could see the banana coming through on hers too. And there was just all this caramel stuck to the greaseproof paper. And I think she even had Rob Beckett come over and go, what on earth is that? Why is it like that? This challenge, um, they can always prepare for. So it blows yes. my mind when things don't go very well in this challenge. But Rob yeah. Beckett, he is 100% prepared. His wife mm. had written him a recipe. <laughs> he had a special mold. He had like... Uh, little papers for his Ferrero Rocher millionaire shortbreads. They Genius. looked really good. They were so good. And not even just because everybody else's looked so bad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it was, it was those times you got these, you know, three other types that just look awful. And then Rob Beckett sitting in golden cases with a nice dome on top. Yeah, he'd really thought about that. And uh, again, I hadn't thought about putting hazelnuts in millionaire shortbread. Genius. But it did make me laugh when he was sitting there going, yeah, my wife's given me the recipe for this one. My wife's given me the mould for this one. I was like, who's doing the competition, Rob? You or your wife? 
Yeah, she she was obviously obviously thinking, oh god, Rob, you can't go in with your limited baking knowledge. He did say in the showstopper that it was the first time that he'd made a cake, so she was obviously helping out. Um, she might be a, a keen baker at home and is really good, and she just couldn't have Rob go on there and show up the family. <laughs> Come on, don't let the Beckett's down, Rob. Don't let the Beckett's down. Exactly. But he did make good Ferrero Rochers. But the bit that I liked with his Ferrero Rocher Millionaire shortbread is that he called them instead because of, of advertising standards and didn't want to endorse a product that wasn't endorsing the Bake Off. He called them knobbly hazelnut balls. <laughs> knobbly hazelnut balls. I yeah. think that could take off. Maybe the people at Ferrero Rocher want to take that name. They do. That's, that, that could be the description of their product on the packaging. Um, but I also thought, I mean, maybe you could use this in your daily life as a teacher. If you really? stub your toe in the classroom and you need to let out an <laughs> expletive, knobbly hazelnut balls. Nobbly hazelnut balls. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Exactly. That could be good. Yeah. You could use that one. Um, <laughs> but it got me thinking, like, what are some of the other... Uh, brand names of sweets or chocolates if you had to describe them in a non-advertising way if you had to describe like a Toblerone for oh, example good. would it just be like a uh, a chocolate pyramid chocolate, chocolate nougaty pyramid that's exactly what it is yeah it, exactly is. What it is there was a there was one uh, a couple of years ago where they did jaffa cakes didn't they but they couldn't use jaffa cakes so it was like orange sponge chocolate biscuit cakes and it was like <laughs> how, do you, how do you describe these things it's sort of you know yeah, and oh. they, didn't they? They did uh, in the season just gone walnut whips, but they, I think they were yes. calling them walnut whirls. Walnut whirls or something. Whirls, they, something like that. They try with these things, and it just makes me laugh because they, so you, <laughs> they just try and get around it a little bit. But Rob Beckett was like, no, no, I'm just going no. completely the opposite way. Yeah, knobbly hazelnut balls. It is what it is. Yeah, <laughs> they are good knobbly hazelnut balls, though. Yeah, I'm a fan of them. They, <laughs> they are like one of the king of chocolates, Ferrero Rocher. I'm going to stop saying your balls now. Sorry. I've made you laugh. I know. It was just, do you know what it was? It was just, <laughs> I'm just thinking, I mean, if that's not on a trailer somewhere, but. Yeah, <laughs> what, me me saying I really like knobbly hazelnut chocolate balls. Yeah. I think it's just. It's, I do. It's beautiful. No, very, to be fair, they are one of the best sweets. Very expensive, though. Yeah. You're going to have to get them for a Christmas present or something because I can't go into Sainsbury's and buy myself six pounds <laughs> worth of knobbly hazelnut balls because you'll only get four and you've paid six pounds. You don't get many, although now they have the ones in the, the different flavours. So you get like the coconut ones and then mm. the, the chocolate, you know. The, ooh, mm. Mm. Yeah. Easter's coming. Maybe some Ferrero Rochers will make their way into my house. I might show Who this knows? to my class. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then they'll know that you're covering up a swear word next time you say knobbly hazelnut balls True. in front of them. Ah, giving the oh. game away. Uh, one of my favourite moments was obviously the innuendos, when oh. Paul Hollywood cut into Tom Allen's shortbread, he went, mm, nice crack. crack. Uh, and Tom completely took that to where everyone else's mind went. Yes, yes. Enough about me. What about the cake? It's just, yeah, it was very, very good. But Tom's so good at that. He's such a good comedian at being so quick and witty. Um, and uh, yeah, as soon as he was on the list, I was like, yeah, he's going to be a funny one today. Let's be honest, though. Um, it, it didn't quite go well for him. It, it, the setting was a bit of a problem. I loved when he tried to get the, the tin out of the freezer. And it stuck <laughs> yeah. in the freezer. And he's literally like... <laughs> but I, I did like when uh, Tom's millionaire shortbread was being tried. He kept putting his hand out in front yes. of Paul, waiting for a handshake. Uh, and then Paul did put the hand back in, but he sort of took it away. He went for like the spoof, it. didn't he? He oh, did. So it, oh, that was so funny. I really did <laughs> laugh at that. That was good. But then 
Rob Beckett ended up getting a real Hollywood handshake, which are even rarer in these COVID times now. <laughs> which that was the worst thing. I was actually sitting there going, can you do that? I was like, have you sanitized your hands? You just sit there nowadays when you're sitting at home watching it in the middle of, you know, well, the tail end of a lockdown, to be fair. But you just sit there and you think, oh, I can't shake hands with other people. We're all conditioned against that one now. What it's are they really going to do shocking. in the future? It's like, is it next series, Paul Hollywood's going to have to do it wearing a glove? Or are they going to have to do it like through a screen? Yeah, some or, sort you know... of weird Michael Jackson glove thing. Paul Hollywood's glove. <laughs> they start selling merchandise on it as well. They could, they could. Like a nice... A pink, flowery, fluffy marigold, I think, Paul. That's um, good. The good, Kim and Aggie. Even... Yes. Yes. Leopard print. Yes, that would be good. Mm. Yeah, bake-off branded gloves. Maybe, <laughs> but you're right. When we sit and watch TV shows now and anyone gets closer than two metres or touches like, each other, whoa. you're like, oh, my God, you can't do that. What are you doing that for? And, you know, if you see people just freely walking into a shop and you don't have to queue and have strangers <laughs> listening to your conversation, it is weird. It is weird. It feels weird seeing people with any, uh, with the whole of their face as well, with the masks not being on. And and again, I suppose when we had the last civilian series, I suppose, uh, of Bake Off, they all had their bubble and everything. And you just sort of think, did they do that that this time? Because that would have been a fun hotel to be staying in for a couple of nights. That would have been. Alexandra could have done the entertainment, you know, singing, get everyone up and dancing. Uh, Tom and Rob, they're probably going to be fighting against the king of comedy (laughs) spot. There. Oh, yes. Yeah. And we could ask Daisy Ridley so many behind the scenes secrets about Star Wars. I know. It's like, I want to know what happened here, please. You need yep. to tell me. Yeah. So I, I enjoyed the signature challenge this time. I did really enjoy the Millionaire's Shortbread. It's a good bake, and I enjoyed how badly they did it. <laughs> I know. It's one of those things when you sit there and think, it's one of my favourite cakes, but I just want them to screw it up. And they did. It delivered. It did deliver. It did. So then moving on to the technical, this is where having a vegan. Uh, I was going to say a vegan baker. We learned that Daisy Ridley's not a baker. Someone who's a vegan in the tent. Uh, That's too nice to bakers. I know, I know. Um, so having a vegan in the tent, Prue decided to set a vegan challenge for the technical and it was to create four chocolate and raspberry vegan tarts and there was a chocolate ganache. And now I was very excited about this because uh, as part of In The Mix this year, I've decided to try out some baking recipes each week. Ooh. I know. Because I always okay. come on here, we always talk about, you know, uh, how do you make this, you know, laughing at the bakers, oh, I can't believe they did that. But I get quizzed, well, are you a good baker then? And the answer is <laughs> no, no, I am not. I am not. I enjoy <laughs> eating everything, but if you, I, I, if I make something for someone else, they probably won't enjoy it. So I decided to to have a little go. We're still in a lockdown. You know, I'm still having to be at home. What can I do? So this week I made some chocolate orange cupcakes and they had a ganache as the icing. So I was queen of ganache. And how was the ganache? Is it, I've never made a ganache. I just love the word. Let's be honest here, ganache. Um, but yeah. It was like was it? a few few years ago when you got really obsessed with the word marshmallow and just called it mallow. And mallow. I still mallow, tiffin, tiffin, and ganache words I associate with you. To be fair, I'll take those three. I'm I'm more than happy with that combo. Put the three together. Oh, Ooh, that's good. Maybe that'll be the bake I do next week. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I felt like I was knowledgeable about ganache this time when they said that they were going to make it. Basically. It's just sort of 
dark chocolate, I guess, traditionally, or any chocolate of your choice. And then you use sort of heavy cream, heat up the heavy cream over the hob. And when it's just about boiling, you pour it over the cubes of chocolate and the cream actually melts the chocolate. So you whisk ah. it together and it melts in the cream. And it, it turns out to be this really sort of like thick, uh, shiny, so it's silky, isn't it? Smooth oh, and, oh, it is silky. It is smooth. And you can just eat that as a dessert. And I also, when I was looking online about how to make it, I discovered that sometimes people put it into molds and then just slice it as if it was like pate or something. Slice it and you've got a whole slab of ganache, which Ooh, if this lockdown continues, <laughs> I will be making ganache slabs. If you get desperate, the ganache slabs are on, guys um that sounds quite nice to be fair so i've never tried making it and they always make it look really hard on the show they do but if i could if i could do it with my limited bake-off uh baking knowledge i've got bake-off knowledge i don't have baking <laughs> knowledge. Bake -off knowledge is fine yeah yeah we've got that covered <laughs> um so i felt like i knew what i was talking about i didn't have to pretend that i knew what i was talking about while watching the show this week i was like i've got this i know so instead of using the cream in the ganache uh, prue leith said to make it vegan that they were just going to use water so i wasn't really convinced oh. that it was going to get that same creamy thick silk texture as the ganache is meant to have by just adding water in but but they seemed like it did on the tv for some of the celebrities not all yeah some of them it went a little bit wrong um but no so the ones that came out i was it, i was impressed because you know sometimes when you see things that are made with vegan alternatives and things like that they just don't look the same or taste the same but they looked really good i've got to say like the what well the ones that worked looked really good at the end and i thought actually yeah i i, I would have a go with that yeah me too they they swapped out the unsalted butter for coconut oil in this one um which i imagine tastes just as good um yeah. at the bit at the beginning when they set the technical uh rob had said what's ganache but he also <laughs> didn't realize that there was a recipe it's a very limited yes. recipe but he didn't realize there was one he thought prue leith was like right make a chocolate and raspberry tart with ganache go and he had to blindly think oh god how do i do this it was I so good was like that and Alexandra Burke just goes, just, just look in your drawer, Rob. Just, it, yeah. It's just in there. So funny. So, so great. funny. It was so good. And so they all started, you know, going pretty well. But they all seemed to struggle with the ganache a bit. So that some of them had to reheat it back up again because it wasn't silky smooth. Rob thought he was onto a winner. I think he got a bit cocky with the fact that his Ferrero Rocher... Uh, millionaire shortbread balls at the beginning were so good he thought maybe i've got a baker's brain maybe i know what i'm doing and he didn't decide to heat it back up so he'd made his sort of chocolate tarts didn't he and then he decided to get a slab of ganache again yeah it's, it's one of your slabs it is but i wouldn't make mine like rob i mean no, no, no. he he was he was describing it like a burger so he was yeah. saying i'm going to use the warmth of my hands yeah, to get this uh, ganache patty. He used the yeah. word patty, ganache patty, uh, and round it, warm it up with his hands and put it in the case. So, he, I mean, he had a nice pastry case. Then he had yeah. a cow pat, his words, of ganache. Uh, and then he put the raspberries on top. But because it wasn't a sort of more liquid ganache, the raspberries were just sat on top of this terrible <laughs> patty of ganache. 
It was so good. And it's, it's like some of them. So um, Daisy had, I think she had three halves of raspberry across hers, but quite delicately with some nice sprinkles. And Alexander had a couple. And literally, Rob had nine on top of each of his, just to cover all of the ganache. You couldn't see it. So you couldn't like, see anything. It was like the cake in the titles, you know, the one that's covered in the raspberries. Like you can't actually see the cake underneath because it's just got fruit sticking out of it. Yeah. But it was just, it was the look on his face. He's sitting there like squeezing the patties together. It's like, oh, Rob, what are you doing? And the fact he was so cocky about it. He was. He did think that he had a bit of uh, insider <laughs> knowledge from somewhere oh, yeah. that you shouldn't reheat it. And even when Daisy was saying, Rob, have you tried to reheat your ganache? He was like, oh, yeah, I'll do it in a minute, winking at the camera. Yeah, winking at the camera. It's like, yeah. come on. <laughs> so he didn't do too well in the technical um daisy also i think i think she went in maybe and thought that she'd be okay maybe middle of the road but there are a few times where she said some great sentences where i think she realized oh god i'm the joke candidate of the bake-off she yeah. said uh um oh god i can't, even, can't even, i've got uh, one from tom tom says i'm so embarrassed i could die I'm saving yes. that for my own life because there are many situations where I feel like that. I want that on a t-shirt. Daisy, I think, said she was the token joke of the group. Yeah, I'm the person that everybody laughs at. Yes, yeah, yeah. That realisation that, yeah, she was on the show. She'd probably wanted to be on the show for a while because who doesn't? And she finally got the call and she's there and it was going to be a great fun day for a great cause. And then she realises everyone at home is going to be face palming her bakes. Yeah, she's like, oh, actually, I've got, a, I've got a bait. Maybe I should have thought about that before the show. Um, no, apparently not. We'll just sit here and pretend. Yeah, Good actress. Exactly. And she seemed, she seemed very happy to have a soggy bottom. She mm. did have a soggy bottom on her chocolate and raspberry tarts. The vegan baking, the one specifically made for her. I know, it's like, come on, Daisy, put this in here for you. But she was very excited about that. Literally, she took the case off and was like, oh, I've got a soggy bottom. I think she was trying to say it in a bad way, but um, she but sounded quite excited. She was excited. The standard thing that you want on Bake Off is the phrase soggy bottom. It's been there yeah. from the beginning. And she she got it. So something off the bucket list, maybe, for Daisy Ridley. Um, <laughs> tick. tick, that's done. Baked in the Bake Off tent and a soggy bottom um some of the comments were amusing because obviously the judges when they judge these don't know who's baked them but they were all cracking up weren't they the judges would have known they were all laughing so we had uh daisies the pastry not properly baked she had good ganache but she said i think the pastry was rubbery if pastry could yeah. be rubbery um i'm just thinking back to a millionaire shortbread now that there was a, a shot of paul like lifting it up and it looked like pizza it was just all the stringy cheese off it so it just sort of drooped didn't it like sort of yeah it did it looked like mozzarella which you (laughs) you don't want in your millionaire shortbread cheesecake cheesecake Mm, could could be could be be. um prue described robs as after they poured off the raspberries just a bit odd which i liked it's very polite bit odd that's quite british way of saying this is really bad terrible but a so bit that, odd. Terrible. Yeah. And and very dry. Very dry. Yeah, they, they said that uh, Tom's pastry was a bit hard and the ganache was a bit too runny because he, he didn't put the right amount of chocolate in. He missed 100 grams off. Now, I'm confused by this because he realised this. And again, he went to Alexandra, who seems to be like the agony aunt in the tent at this yeah. point of the show. And he, he, she, she went over and said, it's 175, not 75. And I thought, well, why don't you just put the other 100 grams of chocolate in? But That's I, what I, I thought. I don't understand, because he then just went, oh, it's fine, I'll learn it and carry on. And I, 
no, just stick the rest of the chocolate. Like he was still melting it at the time. I thought it was a little bit strange. Do like, you think he just thought, oh, well, comedy value. We'll see what yeah. happens. I've done it now. Exactly. He could carry it off. Yeah. But the person that came out on top in this challenge was Alexandra Burke. Her tart mm. looked like you'd get it from a shop. It looked yeah. really good. It was good. Great pastry as well. It, it looked really nice. The ganache was good. It was well presented. And as I said, it's weird because I suppose there's a lot more vegan baking things out there now. But I looked at it and thought, yeah, I would actually go and give that a go. And considering there's no sort of milk or egg or anything in there. Yeah, really impressive. Yeah, it looked good. It looked just as good as I think a non-vegan version of it could look. So, yeah. so then that sort of put Rob and Alexandra on a bit of an equal footing for the role of Star Baker. And then it was just up to the showstopper this week. And come on, the showstoppers, they who is coming up with these ideas? Every time we talk <laughs> on this podcast, I, my mind just is it gone. Seriously. I know. Who well, comes always... up with them? We always talk about the FA Cup style Bake Off uh, challenge creator, don't we? It's like yep. you know, the big bowls and it's just sort of like this week we'll have a three-dimensional cake about something that annoys you. It's just like, mm, mm, mm. yes, let's, let's make it happen. Yeah, that, that must be what's happening because this week they used a phrase that, I mean, I don't use in my everyday life. They no. wanted to create a 3D cake sculpture of your bugbear. I hate that phrase. <laughs> so don't we Don't we say pet hate? Isn't that what yes. we say? Pet yes. hate? We don't have bugbears. Bug bear. Pet hates. Come on. I don't like it. I, it sounds sort of uh, like bed bug, which is so, mm. something that makes my skin crawl anyway. Bed bug. It just bug bear. No. <laughs> Not a nice word. You were put off from the beginning. It was I was. Like, oh, we're done. Some people hate the word moist. I oh, hate the word. You know, I hate that. Oh. I hate the word bug bear. Mm, no. <laughs> it's okay. Thank you. Well, yeah, I'm not going to eat your cake. I don't want to know what it is, but it's about a bugbear. So I've said that enough now, and I'm going to refer to it as pet hate from hereafter. <laughs> so um, have you thought about what you would create as your pet hate? Your, so, you know, a sculpture? Genuinely, when this came on, I knew you were going to ask me that question. <laughs> I sat there and I just said to myself, please ask me what my, my pet hate would be. Um, Predictable. I know. Well, you know, it's just, it's just, you know, we've worked together long enough for this now. I think it would be really difficult to make a cake out of mine because I cannot stand the people who put the, uh, the, the, the comments on Facebook and Twitter and social media spelt incorrectly. I'm not one of those who will turn around and do the sarcastic, your little stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not one of those, but um, yeah, some sort of giant apostrophe cake, maybe. Oh, that would be good. <laughs> just because that really annoys me. Or people who walk really slowly in front of you. Yeah, I, mm. I, I can't stand people walking really slowly, especially in these times. You just want to go, yes. can you move? Be <laughs> aware of people behind you. I'm walking so much faster than you. Um, or they start speeding up as you start overtaking. You're like, oh, God, yeah. now I've got to run past you. And that's not something <laughs> I do. I'm not so. using bolts. What would yours be? So I was thinking about this and, uh, you know, bug bugbears oh no i've said it again pet hates no, no don't it's, it's don't get into my vocabulary please don't, do it. don't, don't. Do it. so um i was thinking like you know the stuff around the house all those sort of little things 
you know, I'm not I'm not someone that gets really angry about oh well that's in the wrong place or you've left that there or why's the towel here or whatever. I find that mm. so irritating and I always think oh there's so much more to life than talking about things like that. Um, oh, yeah. And it also made me think you know when uh, you move it in with someone and everyone's like oh that's that's when your relationship is really tested because you find <laughs> yes. out all the little habits that they do and their pet hates and oh you know so all of that stuff and I thought yeah I never really had that you know no. when I moved in with my boyfriend I didn't have that what were people expecting did you move in too soon I don't know um, <laughs> and then I realized oh I'm the mess it's me right. I'm I'm the one that creates the pet hate slash bugbears for everyone else it's me yeah, i think that might be me too actually yes yeah, so, so i mean my boyfriend will probably just do a, a cake of me um <laughs> he, he i know he would definitely do because this is like some big conversation that i just tried ignore in our house um is that when you make a cup of tea and you have a little pot there next to the the, the kettle right yeah yeah he seems to think that's just for the spoon no, you put the tea bag into it. So then you put, then you take the tea bags to the bin at the end of the day. But he thinks it's just for the spoon. You just kind of shook your head. I hope you're on the same page as me. But yes, you I are. am. I am. Although yes. it's it's tricky because um, as you know, I work in school. So in our in our staff room, we've got exactly that a pot which the yeah. tea bags go into. And uh, at the end of the day, it's just like this mound of tea bags. And if I'm going to leave it off, I'm like, I suppose I don't see that. So yeah. that, the pot annoys me, but I agree with you. That's what the pot's for. It is. The pot is for saving time to so you don't have to go to the bin. Not just a nice little place to put the spoon. That That's mad to me. So yeah. I'm glad you agree. So he would make probably a giant tea bag. Glad we've spoken <laughs> about balls and, and tea bags today. Um, but mine, mine is, I don't mind doing the washing up, but the thing that is my pet hate is the stack of washing up on the draining board. I don't want to yes. put it away. No. I, I just don't want that responsibility in my life. It's too much effort. I'm not putting it away. So my cake would have to be several tiers of washing up sort of stacking on top of each other on the sink because I'll wash it, but I'm not doing the effort of putting them away. Come on. You've so, got to wait. You've got to wait for it to dry as well. You don't, you don't have a towel drying it. You've got to wait a certain amount of time. But I think the stack of plates cake could be good, actually. That could look awesome. It could look good, maybe. Yeah. But my cake decorating <laughs> is just as good as Daisy Ridley's, so, so maybe feel, not. I feel a challenge coming on. Oh, God. Next week's bake, I'm not going to make a 3D <laughs> cake sculpture. I, I will be driving to your house and giving it to you because there's no way I can eat an entire cake sculpture on my own. <laughs> I'm going to be the next sculpture if I keep suggesting things like that. Yeah. That's, that's what it's going to be. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> so, I mean, they're both, I think they're both quite good. I like the apostrophe cake. I think the tiered <laughs> plate cake could work. But I was surprised by the celebrities' choices. Um, <laughs> there were two that were driving themed. I guess everyone's pet hates has to be something with drivers. Um, we've yeah. got the car horn, people beeping the horn for no reason. You know, they're angry, just beeping it, you know. Weirdos. I get that. Yeah. yeah, that annoys me. Yeah, me too. And then uh, Rob's was quite specific. <laughs> I feel like he might have lived near some roadworks recently because he created a diversion sign because apparently his bugbear was uh, a diversion that didn't really take you a better way or 
or actually took you anywhere. So I feel like this was a, a gripe he had with the Highway Standards Agency or something. You can tell he was really miffed. If I wonder if there was a diversion on the way to the tent, because he seriously, <laughs> yeah. he was so angry about it. It's like, calm down, Rob. Although my favourite bit of that is the fact that he was struggling to spell the word diversion. Which I know. Just, <laughs> I was like, oh, she's, she's one that's slightly easier, Rob, come on. He could have written this way on it, maybe, yeah. with, with an arrow. Um, diversion's not that hard. I mean, <laughs> there we go. Um, but it was his first ever cake. And yes. he did do quite a nice marble effect. So he used the colours of the diversion sign. Uh, yellow, which is fine for a cake, but black? Mm, bit weird. Not really. Bit weird. Uh, and he did some, some good cocktail stick action to marble the actual sponge, which looked really good. Um, and he used some fondant, which looked okay. It was kind of neat-ish. Yeah. yeah, it was neat. I remember it was a Daisy turned around to me and said, "How did you get it so neat?" Because it was it looked quite smooth on the top. But I've got to admit, when they do the marbling, because it was a big, big cake as well, I think Rob could have just got lost in that himself because he was just sitting there like he'd been obviously doing it for about five minutes. Yeah, because it was very well marbled. I was like, "Are you, you going to bake anytime soon, Rob?" Like maybe, maybe. Yeah, it's some mindfulness, I think, to it. <laughs> you know, he's just gone into his own mind again. Just yeah forever using the stick marbling it looked good so i think rob was okay rob was still sort of you know in in line for doing quite well yeah yeah um and then we had tom who did the other car themed cake he took some of his experience from bake-off professionals and tried to do (laughs) some sugar work to sort of make Mm. the car horn sort of sort of so you could hear it come out i guess the sound waves (laughs) Yeah, it was interesting. And it, he, I love the bit when he was talking to Pooh about it and she was like, yeah, if you manage to do this, I'll eat the whole cake. And then you just about five minutes later go back to a shot of him with the sugar on one of those silicon mats. It's got like clamps and grips on it. And it's just sort of over the place. and just thinking, what on earth are you doing? Seriously. It was, yeah, very, very strange. He gave it a go. Like He was brave. Um, yeah, it didn't really work out though. No. I mean, it... it... It didn't look like a car, and he'd no. sort of stuck one of those comedy horns on the top, um, which, yeah, you probably wouldn't have known that it was a car horn if he hadn't have said. Um, one of the other things I take issue with, I know I've said I hate the word bugbear, but I also hate anyone that uses the word bibber instead of horn for your <laughs> yeah. car horn. I just, mm, no. Yeah, he, he did use bibber, and I'm sitting there going, bibber. Mm, okay, it's not a bibber. Yeah, it's like that whole TV remote thing. People always say, oh, the dongle or the dabber or whatever. Flicker. Flicker. Idiots. It's remote control. (laughs) We all know. Come on. Come on. Yeah, like it's the car horn. You You don't go in your driving test and the instructor says, can you demonstrate the use of the bibber? Please. Do you know, I, I will say on that, though, one of my favourite things, a friend of mine um, said to me about five years ago, now it must have been, but she said um, that she went to go and get her car, one of the bulbs in her car changed because one of the lights had broken. And I said, yeah. oh, which light was it? And she said, the thank you lights. <laughs> and I went, what do you mean the thank you lights? And she used the uh, sort of action, she was sort of doing the thank you lights. Like, What's that? She went, we well, you know when you thank someone, you sort of flash your thank you lights. And I was like, no, that's not what they're called. <laughs> but, I was like, but I loved it. And literally, we still joke about it now, the thank you lights that you have. That's quite class. sweet, to be honest, the thank I you lights. Although, I, I don't feel like you're meant to actually do the, uh, <laughs> the thank you with the lights. That's just you full on blinding the other driver um, just to be polite. That's a very British thing, isn't it? Completely yes. blinding someone just to be polite. Yeah, thank you. Now have no night vision, please. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. 
but they're just the Bibber thing reminded me of that in the episode. I was like, oh, come on. That's great. I like that. <laughs> I, I think Tom, Tom's cake, uh, they, they described it as a surreal fantasy, which I liked. He did go for blue again. And I've definitely yeah. said on the podcast before, blue food in my nice. family is uh, is just something that people can't get on board with. My nan very much has a motto. I don't know why it's a motto. It's not like the family motto. But one of her life lessons to me as a child was never eat blue food. She doesn't trust it. So, is that around your family coat of arms? Yeah. Is, the, is, is that on the banner? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got a lion, the unicorn, <laughs> never eat blue food. Blue food. Yeah. The, top. Brilliant. the Riddell Wonderful. family motto. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but they did They did say the cake itself was delicious and the sponge was light. So at least Tom redeemed himself. You know, he had some edible bakes there. It actually was fine. Um, but the, the decoration could have been better. Yeah, I love those moments, again, with, with Bake Off, when you sit there and you're so drawn in by the awful presentation and just everything he's done. And then they turn around and say something nice about the cake inside. They're like, oh, yeah, I forget it's a baking competition. I forget the cake actually counts as well on the inside. Yeah. There's sometimes, though, I just think, as a judge, if I was Prue or Paul, I wouldn't want to put some of those cakes in my mouth. Oh, no. Like, I wouldn't have wanted to put Rob's squished burger patty that he was doing this to for ages, warming it up in his hands in the middle of a pandemic. That wouldn't go near my mouth at all. Would somebody think of the covid Please. Someone needs to. Come on. I know. Luckily, I think because they judge that one blind, they don't see how <laughs> stuff that goes on. No. But yeah, sure. Great. Wonderful. Lovely. And then they watch the episode afterwards and go, afterwards and go oh my God, that's... I, yeah. Yeah. Not disgusting. Talking about disgusting, uh, perhaps we should talk about Daisy Ridley's showstopper because she... She had the opportunity oh. to become sort of a household name. People know her and love her from Star Wars, but she had this opportunity in her hands to make a name for herself as Daisy Ridley on the Bake Off. And she chose to bake a toilet. <laughs> Out of all the things, a toilet. So she'll yeah, be forever known bad baker and created a toilet, given the opportunity to be in the Bake Off tent. I don't think that's no. a good reputation. Out of all of the opportunities to have. And you think about it like... With this one, if it's the bugbear cake or, you know, pet hate or whatever, you can lie. Just, yeah. you know, don't, don't, so her one was about the toilet seat being left up, which let's be honest here, I'm sure annoys lots and lots of people. But don't go for that as your pet hate. You've got to have more than one, surely. Yeah. So go for something that's going to look a little bit more stunning. I also love the fact with hers, when she started, she was really talking up, she's like, I'm going to do a mirror glaze floor and it's going to be lovely. It was very ambitious. And then she didn't do half of it. She ended up with no mirror glaze whatsoever and some weird like Jaffa cake bars, which, which she sprinkled germ sprinkles on top of. Yeah, she did. Her cake was meant to be lemon. And I think there was a vanilla sponge in there as well. And yeah, I thought the Jaffa cake sort of chocolate orange style floor, the tiling could have been quite good. But mm. no, it, it, it wasn't great. She did start sprinkling, as you say, germs in her words, into the toilet bowl. Um, but the thing that made me laugh is when she started constructing the cake. So obviously she had the round bit in the middle for the toilet bowl and then she wanted the cistern on the back. But mm. she stacked all this cake and it was toppling <laughs> over and she used some sort of ingredient bottle to hold it up. And yeah. then she started adding the fondant on and now she'd seen Rob do it nice and smoothly. But bearing in mind he was just doing it over like a rectangle cake. She had to do it round hers, but it it was not neat. It looked it wasn't. shoddy. It was so bad. And when she was doing the system, so literally there's that, that brilliant moment that we all love of 
Matt Lucas or Noel. Noel, who wasn't there as well. I we know. haven't discussed that. We can talk yeah. about that later, I'm sure. Okay. Noel wasn't there and I missed Noel. Um, but yeah, that moment where Matt turned around, he was like, yeah, one minute left. And literally she picks up the sheet of not even like well rolled out fondant covered in like strawberry jam or something and just plonks it on top and you're like great one minute left to go guys this is gonna look brilliant yeah yeah and then she wondered why she when she brought it up to the front everyone was like it looks a mess yeah it's doesn't nice. it really bad not good they did say it was delicious with a good flavor though so the bake was all right but they also said it was quite claggy and claggy isn't a word that i want to be using when i'm talking about cake and food no. no moist claggy and blue just three things mm. not not no nah. no didn't didn't really work um i obviously uh enjoyed the bit the speculation from matt lucas when he asked whether there'd be a number two in the toilet cake of course yeah important got, question got to ask that yeah yeah um and sadly there wasn't because you said oh that that would be a bit too far that'd be a bit too disgusting really you're making a toilet <laughs> so <laughs> and the cake you know in itself sort of made up for it yeah yeah mm. so that was all right but the person who really shone through in the showstopper which made prue leith say their cake was heaven is alexandra yeah. burke again and she had quite a specific bugbear maybe this sort of domestic argument was still going on at home you never know but she was saying when her boyfriend comes to visit she puts clean sheets on the bed and he then got him one day in his muddy football kit and it really angered her and it sounded like she wasn't over it so no Domestic she, argument in cake form. I know. I was like, this is the way to make a statement. Ironically, as I was watching it, I, I sat there and I was like, oh, I don't know, don't know who, who, you know, who her boyfriend was. So I had a quick Google. They're not together anymore. So, I mean, obviously, it really was that scarring. And, oh, no. Uh, do you, do you think, triggering for her. Do you think the break-off was sort of sparked by the fact that she aired their dirty laundry, literally, uh, on the break-off? <laughs> And did a cake it, version of him. It was a Bake Off, Bake Off. It, uh, it really was bad times. But yeah, I looked at that and I was like, oh dear. But the cake was good. And actually, it's one of those things that it may not have been the biggest bugbear. We, we keep doing inverted commas. Bugbear. Look, it's bugbear. so bad. Bugbear. It's so bad. Bugbear. Um, you know, it may not have been her, her biggest one, but actually translated into cake very well. It, it did translate very well. And she was actually someone that had quite an artistic flair. She didn't go down the bog standard route of just a couple of colours and an arrow like Rob did or trying to wrap white fondant around a toilet bowl. Um, Alexandra actually created a dog, some sheets that were muddy and her boyfriend's face. Um, yeah. And it looked, it looked really good. Yeah, it looked really effective. And the biscuit headboard as well. Yeah. When there's so a bit of cake and a bit of biscuit. And it was just, it was simple but it looked good. And obviously the bake was good as well, but that's where the others fell down because yeah, it's all about the cake and what's inside, but if you don't present it nicely, mm -mm, not gonna work. It's probably the only one that I would have been happy to actually have a bit of. Yeah, I agree, definitely. I think it was funny when they were judging it though and Prue had said it was heaven, they all liked it. But then Alexandra said, do you not want to try some of my shortbread from the headboard? <laughs> and they were like, oh yeah, okay. And then they tried it and both Prue and Paul were like, yeah, you shouldn't have asked us that because it was obviously awful. <laughs> so bad, again. But the thing is, she, she tried it in the first, in the, in the signature and it hadn't gone right. So bless her, she, she'd done that thing of, yeah, you know, I'm going to try it again and I'm going to make it better hadn't worked it's no. like just 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 back away slowly stop asking them for extras just move away yeah that's the way to play the game 
That is. I thought it was good. I really enjoyed the lineup actually um, in this episode. I thought they were all funny. Um, I didn't really know Daisy Ridley before. And as we said earlier, I haven't really heard much from Alexandra Burke, but I thought they were good sports and they all did really well. And it was good that they all joined in a show for Stand Up to Cancer, which is a good cause to be supporting. Yeah, it is. And I think it was an interesting dynamic this week, particularly with the two comedians. Obviously, Rob and Tom know each other from years gone by. So that was quite funny to see those Yeah, two. they said they went to school together. I know, I love that. Sort of like small world. Um, but it was one of those where I've got to admit, when I looked at the, um, the, the you know, TV guide or whatever beforehand, looked at the info, saw who was on the show and I thought, oh, I don't really know how I feel about that one. Like, I like Rob Beckett, he's funny. Alexandra Burke, I haven't seen for years. Daisy Ridley, I've never really seen much of, sort of thing. But actually, the four of them were really funny this week. Yeah, they, they were really good. And someone who I also thought shone through a lot more this week, because I, I was a bit sceptical about him joining the Bake Off, is Matt Lucas. But I think he really excelled in the celebrity episodes. Maybe he got into the swing, maybe because Noel was on paternity leave and we all missed him. He had to step up. But I thought Aww. his jokes were really funny this time. He was good. And I've got to admit, the same with you. When he came into the, the series, I was not 100% sure. Because look, we had Mel and Sue, who I thought were brilliant. And then we had Sandy and Noel, who were even better. And Sandy was just lovely. And I think ticked every box of what I think you need on Bake Off. And I think anyone who was going to replace, not a whole duo, but to replace half of it. I mean, it's like separating Ant and Deck almost, you know. And yeah. Put Hollow Willoughby in there. It's just, it was a bit odd. But um, yeah, when it came to this one, I, I wasn't overly confident in Matt Lucas by himself. But he was really good. I loved the opening when him and Daisy Ridley were having like their little joke at the beginning. And I thought, okay, okay, you know, this could be good. But um, I really miss Noel. And I miss Noel's fashion as well. Because whenever we do this, we always talk about what Noel wears. And I was like, everyone was wearing normal stuff today. I know, I know. Matt Lucas's shirts, they're out there. But once you've seen Noel, like shirts yeah. have to be really impressive. Um, I thought Prue, she did wear her brightly coloured leopard print i think again yeah <laughs> yes. rainbow again um so she she brought some color but yeah no i do miss no he, he hadn't been in the christmas one i think as well or the new year one so yeah yeah how dare he go off and have a child and leave I us know. all i know amazing news though that like imagine Noel fielding being your dad that'd be awesome so I'm looking forward to next week. I think the Celebrity Bake Off lineup this time is going to be really good. I think next week we've mm. got James McAvoy coming on. Uh, I yeah. think David Baddiel as well. Um, yes. I think I think it's going to be good. We've got some good faces to sort of look forward to. And if the Terrible Bakes this week are anything to go by, there's going to be a lot more <laughs> mishaps, I think. Well, that's the thing. I think next week, so you've got James McAvoy, who in the preview didn't look amazing. David Baddiel was basically swearing and chucking stuff out of the table. Which is all, all I want to hear um, on Bake Off. And you're just like, this This is why we do this. Yeah. Um, there was Dame Kelly Holmes, who I think that's will be it. very competitive. Mm. I think she'll be very competitive. And there was somebody else. But I forgot who you, you remembered uh, one more, more than I did, so. Well... We have exhausted the first Celebrity Bake Off week. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast again. It's been good to have you on. As I said, you know, I missed you being on here last time when we did the series, so it's good to catch up. Thank you for having me back. And, uh, you know, long may, long may these continue. So Bake Off's going to be going. We're going to be doing this until we're at least 70, I think. Absolutely. we so good. <laughs> and may, maybe we'll have learned to bake by then. Who knows? Oh, I wouldn't go too far. I wouldn't go too okay. far.
In the Mix is a January media production hosted by Gria Riddell. To listen to our previous episodes, you can head over to januarymedia.co.uk and find In the Mix on there, but you can also listen to them on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And if you've enjoyed listening, do let us know by leaving a rating or clicking subscribe, and you can get in touch with us on social media. We are at the January Media. We must remember that the celebrity episodes are all in aid for Stand Up To Cancer, which is a charity that Channel 4 support every year. If you enjoy this podcast and you enjoy the Celebrity Bake Off, then consider donating because it is for a good cause. Thanks for listening and I hope to see you back here next week.